chapter sixteen of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter sixteen away away the coveys fled the cover put forth the dogs and let the falcon fly i'll spend some leisure in the keen pursuit nor longer waste my hours in sluggish quiet the soldier passed the remainder of the night in the heavy sleep of a bacchanalian and awoke late on the following morning only when aroused by the entrance of his servant when the customary summons had induced the captain to unclose his eyelids he arose in his bed and after performing the usual operation of a diligent friction on his organs of vision he turned sternly to his man and remarked with an ill-humour that seemed to implicate the innocent servant in the fault which his master condemned i thought sir that i ordered sergeant drill not to let a drumstick touch a sheepskin while we quartered in the dwelling of this hospitable old colonel does the fellow despise my commands or does he think the roll of a drum echoing through the crooked passages of st ruth a melody that is fit to disturb the slumbers of its inmates i believe sir returned the man it was the wish of colonel howard himself that on this occasion the sergeant should turn out the guard by the roll of the drum the devil it was i see the old fellow loves to tickle the drum of his own ear now and then with familiar sounds but have you had a muster of the cattle from the farmyard too as well as a parade of the guard i hear the trampling of feet as if the old abbey were a second ark and all the beasts of the field were coming aboard of us tis nothing but the party of dragoons from blank who are wheeling into the courtyard sir where the colonel has gone out to receive them courtyard light dragoons repeated Cliff in amazement and has it come to this that twenty stout fellows of the nth are not enough to guard such a rookery as this old abbey against the ghosts and northeast storms but we must have horse to reinforce us hum i suppose some of these booted gentlemen have heard of this south carolina madeira oh no sir cried his man it is only the party that mr dillon went to seek last evening after you saw fit sir to put the three pirates in irons pirates in irons said Cliff, again passing his hands over his eyes though in a more reflecting manner than before ha oh i remember to have put three suspicious-looking rascals in the black hole or some such place but what can mr dillon or the light dragoons have to do with these fellows that we do not know sir but it is said below sir as some suspicions had fallen on their being conspirators and rebels from the colonies and that they were great officers and tories in disguise some said that one was general washington and others that it was only three members of the yankee parliament come over to get our good old english fashions to set themselves up with washington members of congress go go simpleton and learn how many these troopers muster and what halt they make but stay place my clothes near me now do as i bid you and if the dragoon officer inquire for me make my respects and tell him i shall be with him soon go fellow go when the man left the room the captain while he proceeded with the business of the toilet occasionally gave utterance to the thoughts that crowded on his recollection after the manner of a soliloquy i my commission to a half-pay in incency 
that some of these lazy fellows who must have a four-legged beast to carry them to the wars have heard of the south side south side i believe i must put an advertisement in the london gazette calling that amphibious soldier to an account if he be a true man he will not hide himself under his incognito but will give me a meeting if that should fail dammy i'll ride across to yarmouth and call out the first of the mongrel breed that i fall in with sdeath was ever such an insult practised on a gentleman and a soldier before would that i only knew his name why if the tale should get abroad i shall be the standing joke of the mess-table until some greater fool than myself can be found it would cost me at least six duels to get rid of it no no not a trigger will i pull in my own regiment about the silly affair but i'll have a crack at some marine in very revenge for that is no more than reasonable that peters if the scoundrel should dare whisper anything of the manner in which he was stamped with the breech of the musket i can't flog him for it but if i don't make it up to him the first time he gives me a chance i am ignorant of the true art of balancing regimental accounts by the time the recruiting officer had concluded this soliloquy which affords a very fair exposition of the current of his thoughts he was prepared to meet the newcomers and he accordingly descended to the courtyard as in duty bound to receive them in his proper person burrowcliffe encountered his host in earnest conversation with a young man in a cavalry uniform in the principal entrance of the abbey and was greeted by the former with a good morning to you my worthy guard and protector here is rare news for your loyal ears it seems that our prisoners are enemies to the king in disguise and cornet fitzgerald captain burrowcliffe of the nth permit me to make you acquainted with mr fitzgerald of the nth light dragoons while the soldiers exchanged their salutations the old man continued the cornet has been kind enough to lead down a detachment of his troops to escort the rogues up to london or some other place where they will find enough good and loyal officers to form a court-martial that can authorize their execution as spies christopher dillon my worthy kinsman kit saw into their real characters at a glance while you and i like two unsuspecting boys thought the rascals would have made fit men to serve the king but kit has an eye and a head that few enjoy like him and i would that he might receive his dues at the english bar it is to be desired sir said burrowcliffe with a grave aspect that was produced chiefly by his effort to give effect to his sarcasm but a little also by the recollection of the occurrences that were yet to be explained but what reason has mr christopher dillon to believe that the three seamen are more or less than they seem i know not what but a good and sufficient reason i will venture my life cried the colonel kit is a lad for reasons which you know is the foundation of his profession and knows how to deliver them manfully to the proper place but you know gentlemen that the members of the bar cannot assume the open and bold front that becomes a soldier without often endangering the cause in which they are concerned no no trust me kit has his reasons and in good time will he deliver them i hope then said the captain carelessly that it may be found that we have had a proper watch on our charge colonel howard i think you told me the windows were too high for an escape in that direction for i had no sentinel outside of the building fear nothing my worthy friend cried his host unless your men have slept instead of watching we have them safe but as it will be necessary to convey them away before any of the civil authority can lay hands on them let us proceed to the rear and unkennel the dogs a party of the horse might proceed at once with them to blank 
while we are breaking our fasts it would be no very wise thing to allow the civilians to deal with them for they seldom have a true idea of the nature of the crime pardon me sir said the young officer of horse i was led to believe by mr dillon that we might meet with a party of the enemy in some little force and that i should find a pleasanter duty than that of a constable besides sir the laws of the realm guarantee to the subject a trial by his peers and it is more than i dare do to carry the men to the barracks without first taking them before a magistrate ay you speak of loyal and dutiful subjects said the colonel and as respects them doubtless you are right but such privileges are withheld from enemies and traitors it must be first proved that they are such before they can receive the treatment or the punishment that they merit returned the young man a little positively who felt the more confidence because he had only left the temple the year before if i take charge of the men at all it will be only to transfer them safely to the civil authority let us go and see the prisoners cried Cliff, with a view to terminate a discussion that was likely to wax warm and which he knew to be useless perhaps they may quietly enroll themselves under the banners of our sovereign when all other interference save that of wholesome discipline will become unnecessary nay if they are of a rank in life to render such a step probable returned the cornet i am well content that the matter should be thus settled i trust however that captain burrowcliffe will consider that the nth light dragoons has some merit in this affair and that we are far short of our numbers in the second squadron we shall not be difficult at a compromise returned the captain there is one apiece for us and a toss of a guinea shall determine who has the third man sergeant follow to deliver over your prisoners and relieve your sentry as they proceeded in compliance with this arrangement to the building in the rear colonel howard who made one of the party observed i dispute not the penetration of captain burrowcliffe but i understand mr christopher dillon that there is reason to believe one of these men at least to be of a class altogether above that of a common soldier in which case your plans may fall to the ground and who does he deem the gentleman to be asked burrowcliffe a bourbon in disguise or a secret representative of the rebel congress nay nay he said nothing more my kinsman kit keeps a close mouth whenever dame justice is about to balance her scales there are men who may be said to have been born to be soldiers of which number i should call the earl cornwallis who makes such head against the rebels in the two carolinas others seem to be intended by nature for divines and saints on earth such as their graces of york and canterbury while another class appears as if it were impossible for them to behold things unless with discriminating impartial and disinterested eyes to which i should say belong my lord chief justice mansfield and my kinsman mr christopher dillon i trust gentlemen that when the royal arms have crushed this rebellion his majesty's ministers will see the propriety of extending the dignity of the peerage to the colonies as a means of reward to the loyal and a measure of policy to prevent further disaffection in which case i hope to see my kinsman decorated with the ermine of justice bordering the mantle of a peer your expectations my excellent sir are right reasonable as i doubt not your kinsman will become at some future day that which he is not at present unhappily for his deserts right honourable said burrowcliffe but be of good heart sir from what i have seen of his merits i doubt not that the law will yet have its revenge in due season and that we shall be properly edified and instructed how to attain elevation in life by the future exultation of mr christopher dillon though by what title he is to be then known i am at a loss to say 
colonel howard was too much occupied with his own ex parte views of the war and things in general to observe the shrewd looks that were exchanged between the soldiers but he answered with perfect simplicity i have reflected much on that point and have come to the opinion that as he has a small estate on that river he should cause his first barony to be known by the title of padie barony echoed borrowcliffe i trust the new nobles of a new world will disdain the old worn-out distinctions of a hackneyed universe eschew all baronies mine host and cast earldoms and dukedoms to the shades the immortal locke has unlocked his fertile mind to furnish you with appellations suited to the originality of your condition and the nature of your country ah here comes the cacique of padie in his proper person as borrowcliffe spoke they were ascending the flight of stone steps which led to the upper apartments where the prisoners were still supposed to be confined and at the same moment the sullen gloomy features of dillon were seen as he advanced along the lower passage with an expression of malicious exultation hovering above his dark brow that denoted his secret satisfaction as the hours passed away the period had come round when the man who had been present at the escape of griffith and his friends was again posted to perform the duty of sentinel as this soldier well knew the situation of his trust he was very coolly adjusted with his back against the wall endeavouring to compensate himself for his disturbed slumbers during the night when the sounds of the approaching footsteps warned him to assume the appearance of watchfulness how now fellow cried borrowcliffe what have you to say to your charge i believe the men sleep your honour for i have heard no noises from the room since i relieved the last sentinel the lads are weary and are right to catch what sleep they can in their comfortable quarters returned the captain stand to your arms sir and throw back your shoulders and do not move like a crab or a train band corporal do you not see an officer of horse coming up would you disgrace your regiment ah your honour heaven only knows whether i shall ever get my shoulders even again buy another plaster said borrowcliffe slipping a shilling into his hand observe you know nothing but your duty which is your honour to mind me and be silent but here comes the sergeant with his guard he will relieve you the rest of the party stopped at the other end of the gallery to allow the few files of soldiers who were led by the orderly to pass them when they all moved towards the prison in a body the sentinel was relieved in due military style when dillon placed his hand on one of the doors and said with a malicious sneer open here first mr sergeant this cage holds the man we most want softly softly my lord chief justice and most puissant cacique said the captain the hour has not yet come to impanel a jury of fat yeomen and no man must interfere with my boys but myself the rebuke is harsh i must observe captain borrowcliffe said the colonel but i pardon it because it is military no no kit these nice points must be left to martial usages be not impatient my cousin i doubt not the hour will come when you shall hold the scales of justice and satisfy your loyal longings on many a traitor zounds i could almost turn executioner myself in such a cause i concur by impatience sir returned dillon with hypocritical meekness and great self-command though his eyes were gleaming with savage exultation i beg pardon of captain borrowcliffe if in my desire to render the civil authority superior to the military i have trespassed on your customs you see borrowcliffe exclaimed the colonel exultingly the lad is ruled by an instinct in all matters of law and justice i hold it to be impossible that a man thus endowed can ever become a disloyal subject but our breakfast waits and mr fitzgerald has breathed his horse this cool morning let us proceed at once to the examination 
burrowcliff motioned to the sergeant to open the door when the whole party entered the vacant room your prisoner has escaped cried the cornet after a single moment employed in making sure of the fact never it must not shall not be cried dylan quivering with rage as he glanced his eyes furiously around the apartment here has been treachery and foul treason to the king by whom committed mr christopher dillon said burrowcliff knitting his brow and speaking in a suppressed tone dare you or any man living charge treason to the int a very different feeling from rage appeared now to increase the shivering propensities of the future judge who at once perceived it was necessary to moderate his passion and he returned as it were by magic to his former plausible and insinuating manner as he replied colonel howard will understand the cause of my warm feelings when i tell him that this very room contained last night that disgrace to his name and country as well as traitor to his king edward griffith of the rebel navy what exclaimed the colonel starting has that recreant youth dared to pollute the threshold of st ruth with his footstep but you dream kit there would be too much hardihood in the act it appears not sir returned the other for though in this very apartment he most certainly was he is here no longer and yet from this window though open escape would seem to be impossible even with much assistance if i thought that the contumelious boy had dared to be guilty of such an act of gross impudence cried the colonel i should be tempted to resume my arms in my old age to punish his effrontery what is it not enough that he entered my dwelling in the colony availing himself of the distraction of the times with an intent to rob me of my choicest jewel ay gentlemen even of my brother harry's daughter but that he must also invade this hallowed island with a like purpose thus thrusting his treason as it were into the presence of his abused prince no no kit thy loyalty misleads thee he has never dared to do the deed listen sir and you shall be convinced returned the pliant christopher i do not wonder at your unbelief but as a good testimony is the soul of justice i cannot resist its influence you know that two vessels corresponding in appearance to the two rebel cruisers that annoyed us so much in the carolinas have been seen on the coast for several days which induced us to beg the protection of captain burrowcliff three men are found the day succeeding that on which we hear that these vessels came within the shoals stealing through the grounds of st ruth in sailor's attire they are arrested and in the voice of one of them sir i immediately detected that of the traitor griffith he was disguised it is true and cunningly so but when a man has devoted his whole life to the business of investigating truth he added with an air of much modesty it is difficult to palm any disguise on his senses colonel howard was strongly impressed with the probability of these conjectures and the closing appeal confirmed him immediately in his kinsman's opinion while burrowcliff listened with deep interest to the speakers and more than once bit his lip with vexation when dylan concluded the soldier exclaimed i'll swear there was a man among them who has been used to the drill nothing more probable my worthy friend said dylan for as the landing was never made without some evil purpose rely on it he came not unguarded or unprotected i dare say the three were all officers and one of them might have been of the marines that they had assistance is certain and it was because i felt assured they had a force secreted at hand that i went in quest of the reinforcement there was so much plausibility and in fact so much truth in all this that conviction was unwillingly admitted by burrowcliff who walked aside a moment to conceal the confusion which in spite of his ordinary inflexibility of countenance he felt was manifesting itself in his rubric visage while he muttered the amphibious dog he was a soldier but a traitor and an enemy 
no doubt he will have a marvellous satisfaction in delighting the rebellious ears of his messmates by rehearsing the manner in which he poured cold water down the back of one borough cliff of the nth who was amusing him at the same time by pouring good rich south-side madeira down his own rebellious throat i have a good mind to exchange my scarlet coat for a blue jacket on purpose to meet the sly rascal on the other element where we can discuss the matter over again well sergeant do you find the other two they are gone together your honour returned the orderly who just then re-entered from an examination of the other apartments and unless the evil one helped them off it's a mysterious business to me colonel howard said burrowcliffe gravely your precious south-side cordial must be banished from the board regularly with the cloth until i have my revenge for a satisfaction of this insult is mine to claim and i seek it this instant go drill detail a guard for the protection of the house and feed the rest of your command then beat the general and we will take the field i my worthy veteran host for the first time since the days of the unlucky charles stuart there shall be a campaign in the heart of england ah rebellion rebellion accursed unnatural and holy rebellion caused the calamity then and now exclaimed the colonel had i not better take a hasty refreshment for my men and their horses asked the cornet and then make a sweep for a few miles along the coast it may be my luck to encounter the fugitives or some part of their force you have anticipated my very thoughts returned burrowcliffe the cacique of padie may close the gates of st ruth and by barring the windows and arming the servants he can make a very good defence against an attack should they think proper to assail our fortress after he has repulsed them leave it to me to cut off their retreat dillon but little relished this proposal for he thought an attempt to storm the abbey would be the most probable course adopted by griffith in order to rescue his mistress and the jurist had none of the spirit of a soldier in his composition in truth it was this deficiency that had induced him to depart in person the preceding night in quest of the reinforcement instead of sending an express on the errand but the necessity of devising an excuse for a change in this dangerous arrangement was obviated by colonel howard who exclaimed as soon as burrowcliffe concluded his plan to me captain burrowcliffe belongs of right the duty of defending st ruth and it shall be no boy's play to force my works but kit would rather try his chance in the open field i know come let us to our breakfast and then he shall mount and act as a guide to the horse along the difficult passes of the seashore to breakfast then let it be cried the captain i distrust not my new commander of the fortress and in the field because seek for ever we follow you my worthy host this arrangement was hastily executed in all its parts the gentlemen swallowed their meal in the manner of men who ate only to sustain nature and as a duty after which the whole house became a scene of bustling activity the troops were mustered and paraded burrowcliffe setting apart a guard for the building placed himself at the head of the remainder of his little party and they moved out of the courtyard in open order and at quick time dillon joyfully beheld himself mounted on one of the best of colonel howard's hunters where he knew that he had the control in a great measure of his own destiny his bosom throbbing with a powerful desire to destroy griffith while he entertained a lively wish to effect his object without incurring any personal risk at his side was the young cornet seated with practised grace in his saddle who after giving time for the party of foot soldiers to clear the premises glanced his eye along the few files he led and then gave the word to move the little division of horse wheeled briskly into open column and the officer touching his cap to colonel howard they dashed through the gateway together and pursued their route towards the seaside at a hand gallop the veteran lingered a few minutes while the clattering of hoofs was to be heard 
or the gleam of arms was visible to hear and gaze at sounds and sights that he still loved after which he proceeded in person and not without a secret enjoyment of the excitement to barricade the doors and windows with an undaunted determination of making in case of need a stout defence st ruth lay but a short two miles from the ocean to which numerous roads led through the grounds of the abbey which extended to the shore along one of these paths dillon conducted his party until after a few minutes of hard riding they approached the cliffs when posting his troopers under cover of a little copse the cornet rode in advance with his guide to the verge of the perpendicular rocks whose bases were washed by the foam that still whitened the waters from the surges of the subsiding sea the gale had broken before the escape of the prisoners and as the power of the eastern tempest had gradually diminished a light current from the south that blew directly along the land prevailed and though the ocean still rolled in fearful billows their surfaces were smooth and they were becoming at each moment less precipitous and more regular the eyes of the horsemen were cast in vain over the immense expanse of water that was glistening brightly under the rays of the sun which had just risen from its bosom in quest of some object or distant sail that might confirm their suspicions or relieve their doubts but everything of that description appeared to have avoided the dangerous navigation during the violence of the late tempest and dillon was withdrawing his eyes in disappointment from the vacant view when as they fell towards the shore he beheld that which caused him to exclaim there they go and by heaven they will escape the cornet looked in the direction of the other's finger when he beheld at a short distance from the land and apparently immediately under his feet a little boat that looked like a dark shell upon the water rising and sinking amid the waves as if the men it obviously contained were resting on their oars in idle expectation tis they continued dillon or what is more probable it is their boat waiting to convey them to their vessel no common business would induce seamen to lie in this careless manner within such a narrow distance of the surf and what is to be done they cannot be made to feel hoarse where they are nor would the muskets of the foot be of any use a light three-pounder would do its work handsomely on them the strong desire which dillon entertained to intercept or rather to destroy the party rendered him prompt at expedients after a moment of musing he replied the runaways must yet be on the land and by scouring the coast and posting men at proper intervals their retreat can easily be prevented in the meantime i will ride under the spur to blank bay where one of his majesty's cutters now lies at anchor it is but half an hour of hard riding and i can be on board of her the wind blows directly in her favour and if we can once bring her down behind that headland we shall infallibly cut off or sink these midnight depredators off then cried the cornet whose young blood was boiling for a skirmish you will at least drive them to the shore where i can deal with them the words were hardly uttered before dillon after galloping furiously along the cliffs and turning short into a thick wood that lay in his route was out of sight the loyalty of this gentleman was altogether of a calculating nature and was intimately connected with what he considered his fealty to himself he believed that the possession of miss howard's person and fortune were advantages that would much more than counterbalance any elevation that he was likely to obtain by the revolution of affairs in his native colony he considered griffith as the only natural obstacle to his success and he urged his horse forward with a desperate determination to work the ruin of the young sailor before another sun had set when a man labours in an evil cause with such feelings and with such incentives he seldom slights or neglects his work and mr dillon accordingly was on board the alacrity several minutes short of the time in which he had promised to perform the distance the plain old seaman who commanded the cutter listened to his tale with cautious ears 
and examined into the state of the weather and other matters connected with his duty with the slow and deliberate decision of one who had never done much to acquire a confidence in himself and who had been but niggardly rewarded for the little he had actually performed as dylan was urgent however and the day seemed propitious he at length decided to act as he was desired and the cutter was accordingly gotten under way a crew of something less than fifty men moved with no little of their commander's deliberation but as the little vessel rounded the point behind which she had been anchored her guns were cleared and the usual preparations were completed for immediate and actual service dylan sorely against his will was compelled to continue on board in order to point out the place where the suspecting boatmen were expected to be entrapped everything being ready when they had gained a safe distance from the land the alacrity was kept away before the wind and glided along the shore with a swift and easy progress that promised a speedy execution of the business in which her commander had embarked End of chapter sixteen